Hello and welcome to the Automate and Delegate podcast. What should you not be doing in life, business, and building relationships? Every episode is high takeaway value with tips, tools, and stories you can implement today. Now to your host, Brad Stevens, lifetime entrepreneur, global speaker, and high performance expert. Well, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Automate and Delegate podcast. Uh, What you should not be doing out of fast track your life, your business, and relationships. And as always, kick off with Third, who is our uh, uh, Director of Service Delivery uh, in the Philippines. Hey, Third, thanks for joining me again. Hi, Brad. Hey, guys. So we're going to jump off and let you just share immediately a tool. You know, Third is kind of a, a tool uh, individual like me loves finding new tech tools that we're always working with with our clients as well. Uh, so I'd like to kick off with something he's identified, can share with everybody um, to begin the episode. So uh, what tool you got for us today, Third? Okay. So the tool that I've discovered for this week is named Descript. So from the name, it is a video and audio editing tool that automatically transcribes your videos. And you can edit from there. As you know, we live in a world where content within our team, sharing it within our team, family, and even followers is a must. So that means a lot of editing, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so how does it help exactly with content production? So what's great, Brad, is it simplifies editing. Once you upload your video, it will then create a transcript. So instead of manually editing it, you just go to the transcript and remove the things that you want removed from the video. So say you have the fillers there, like the ums and the ers, you just oh, highlight yeah. and delete and boom, it's removed. That so even awesome. if, yep. And if, even if you missed something like a detail, like instead of seven and eight, you mentioned in there, you just delete seven, replace within an eight and it would edit it for you. It would automatically be reflected on your final output. No need to re-record. Oh, that is fantastic, especially with all the videos that we do. And you got to make small edits here and there. You have to redo the whole thing. And uh, I know we have a guest, uh, Richard uh, Mulholland, actually. I believe he, this is one that he uh, mentioned to uh, as well when we, were, when we were talking. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing that tool. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we will get off on our interview. And uh, as always, you can go to automatedelegate.com, our website for the podcast, automatedelegate.com forward slash tools. We can see a bunch of other tools that, that we've uh, covered and, uh, and engaged. And, you know, we do have partnerships with some of these, uh, you know, tool programs, but it's only because ones we believe in and use every day. So check it out. Well, hey, everybody, thanks again for joining us on another episode of Automate and Delegate. We are all about helping you figure out what you should not be doing when it comes to relationships, business, and, um, and personal uh, development. And um, excited to have our guest on today, a uh, fellow entrepreneur. And I mean, you could not get a more picture-perfect definition of someone restructuring their life and, and the impact it's had by automating and delegating. And it's led him all over the world um, and, and adventure racing. I mean, it's, uh, Chip Dodd is a, an adventurer, an entrepreneurial enthusiast, a uh, keynote speaker. Um, if those of you can't see, I mean, even the background, he's got a, a bike behind us some in the, in the jungle somewhere uh, on our video background here. But he... Um, you know, he's got a he's a successful entrepreneur as a company which he'll kind of you know d- dive into but also um, does uh, adventure races through uh, his organization called this ability which is kind of cool and he'll share a little bit on the the purpose of that uh, and the brag on him a little bit they actually got eighth in the nation for their adventure team racing even in the middle of uh, of covid um, so 
some cool things that he'll share and just how he's really transformed his life and his approach to business and scaling personally and professionally um, with some great key takeaways for us. So um, thanks for joining us, Chip. So if you want to uh, just share a little bit more background about yourself and kind of what you're up to these days and, um, and also, you know, kind of the, the purpose behind what you're doing. Um, people usually have a, a bigger, bigger why behind it and love to hear it. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for having me on the podcast and uh, Automate and Delegate has changed my life and, and the tools that, that you talk about and, and others. And so I am happy to do whatever I can to help other entrepreneurs or uh, business leaders uh, lead the lifestyle that they want um, through not doing stuff. Right. So uh, I'll start off, I guess, as who am I? I, I would call myself a vagabond adventurer. That's deep down. That's who I am as a person. Um, I do happen to have a day job. Uh, my, my company, Support Services of Virginia, supports people with intellectual and developmental disabilities all, all across Virginia. Um, so I think things like Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, things like that. So, um, so basically, we, we kind of work for Medicaid. We're like a contractor. So Medicaid pays us. We hire, uh, train, and deploy staff into people's homes. Uh, this could be foster care homes. It could be group homes, day support locations. We also do therapeutic consultation. So we're a pretty large outfit with a couple hundred employees and foster care families. Wow. And um, so it's really amazing work to see people. Maybe they come out of an institutional setting and this is their first time really living in the community. And so we help them live amazing lives in their community of their choice. They might live by themselves. They might live with family, um, the full gamut. Um, so it's very rewarding work. But as you could imagine from being paid by Medicaid, it's, <laughs> it's a very low margin work. So you have to love it or you should get out. Um, and then uh, with that, there's a, a handful of other companies that I own as well that complements that company. We, we do provide housing for people with disabilities, and we also provide payee services for people with disabilities who need help managing their own money. And my most favorite, most recent company, thanks to automating and delegating, I just launched an adventure racing company that does virtual adventure races because when COVID hit, all the races on the calendar blew up. Nobody yeah. can get permits. Yeah. And I saw an opportunity. I was like, hell, I'm going to launch another company. Um, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't have the skills of automating delegate. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the, the full gamut of all of the entrepreneurial stuff. Uh, but I would say a lot of my time now is being spent on this adventure race company, which is where I really am passionate about. Um, but they really, if you, if you notice, um, I think it's good for everybody to kind of have a, a purpose, a, a thing kind of a, sure, a, above sure. themselves or at least a goal. And so my, Went through one of these EO uh, entrepreneurs organization does a lot of learning events and I went through one that um, they, they, they want you to have like a personal mission statement and, and I ended up with um, realize success by helping others realize theirs and and I apply that through all the companies because if you think with people with disabilities first you start off well if I can help this person with autism learn to interact with others and, and gain a community their life's better but it is sure. a company so I'm like I'm growing my company by helping these people live better lives but then we're also helping our employees. By, if we hire somebody, I might take somebody who has a high school diploma and I got them all the way to where they have a career in this field. I made their life better as well. And then with adventure racing, um, helping people have a COVID safe outdoor experience that may be even life changing for them. Um, so basically everything I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out a way that I can back myself into a lifestyle where I can realize my success by helping others realize theirs. So. No, that's fantastic. And it's, um, you know, it's a common theme, you know, especially we you know, inter interview a lot of EOers, um, entrepreneurs organization, and, and when it comes down to purpose, and I think as, as entrepreneurs get older too, they move towards this idea of significance more, right? It's like, how can I have more of an impact on, on others? You know, as entrepreneurs, it's how do I keep my own boat afloat a lot of times in our 20s and trying to be focused, but once you get a chance to have visibility, it's really a you know, bigger picture, how can you know, impact others in the journey? 
and to be a professional vagabond by 2031, right? Is that what you're sharing? Is that absolutely <laughs> full time? Full time vagabond by 2031 is my goal. It's 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 on a post it note on my monitor. Keep me focused. <laughs> awesome. Well, appreciate it. Well, we'll uh, we'll dive in real quick. And as you know, this episode, you know, these are all about you know high takeaway value things you can listen to and, and immediately you know apply after the the episode here. Um, you know, sharing you know, Chip's own journey um, and dealing with challenges related to scale and, and growing. So, you know, we'll, we'll dive into three, you know, specific challenges here. We'll spend about five minutes on, on each one and, um, uh, and we'll let Chip kind of just spell out for us what's the challenge he's been, you know, kind of dealt with from a scale and a growth standpoint um, and what's the specific tool, resource, mindset, framework that you kind of use to go on the other side. And, and to the extent you have any kind of specific KPIs or measurables that, that, that uh, you've had because of it, you know, it'd be great to share uh, if you have that. So uh, why don't we dive into the first one? What's the first one you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I put a lot of thought into this because there's, there's so many we could do a two-hour right. podcast. Um, I wanted to, to share ones that I think are most impactful and, and provide the most takeaway value. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So let me start off with, and I, and I think other entrepreneurs will see this, that if they have some type of regulation or, or oversight entity, there ends up becoming a lot of administrative burden and paperwork. It's, I, I call it non-unit producing from my old McDonald's days. And so I realized that all of a sudden I've got all of this administrative burden to support these people with disabilities. And so I'm paying all of these admins and, and, and the money should really be going to the person doing the work. But meanwhile, I'm, I'm paying more and more people. And so admins started getting bloated. Um, and so I, I realized, um, Technology is one way to solve that, right? So that's on the uh, the automate side of the house, and and so really it started when when Zuckerberg and, and Facebook was going public. Hmm. Um, I can't remember. I think I was listening to Bloomberg, but everybody's talking about them going public, going public. And meanwhile, he's saying we need to get off PC and we need to go mobile. Mobile is the future, yeah. and if we don't change to mobile, we're going to be dead. And that resonated with me. And it, it I can't remember. I think it was 2012, 2011 when they went public. And from then on out, I said, you know what? SSVA needs to be digital. We need to go mobile. We need to go cloud. And if you can't do your job from your cell phone, then chip's screwing up. And so <laughs> we took that and basically, um, you know, started, of course, EO uses Zoom for a lot of their communications. They also use things like uh, Slack and, and same page. Um, so we started incorporating a lot of those type of digital productivity tools so that we could automate things. That, that made work from home even possible. This is way before COVID. The, um, I immediately was like, my company is spread out across Virginia. I've got four divisions. They're four hours apart from each other. It's like running four companies. Or, or, yeah. They completely have admin and HR and finance and all of that in each of these divisions. So really- A lot Zoom of duplicated and, overhead, you're saying, as far as duplication? Totally. Happening. Yeah. Yep. Each, each, uh, this is a high turnover you know, kind of a lower paid because again, Medicaid doesn't pay me much. So we have a lot of turnover in, in entry-level employees, a lot of training. So there's a lot of manpower involved in, in that churn. But, um, but once we started adopting Zoom and, and all of these uh, digital capabilities, um, that really it improved so much. I mean, with digital health records, for example, and, and uh, digital HR records and all of that. So really the, the switch from paper over to digital was one of them. And then as we went through that, um, that digital transformation, um, we also realized like with Office 365, as we started moving into that ecosystem, I could start consolidating because like we were using Basecamp for a while. It's like, why am I using Basecamp? Yeah. I could just use Teams. I'm already paying for it. So it's like first get digital. <laughs> well, I don't know the Office 365 wasn't a thing when we did that. So I was kind of stuck with a hodgepodge of vendors. And then as we started going into Office 365, I was able to start consolidate and really lower the cost on that. 
of course, people do have pushback. Nobody likes change. People like using paper and blah, blah, blah. And so we, we went through those things. But I'm really glad we did because when COVID hit, it was like, everybody go home. The company still right. runs. Like basically, the only thing that was a little bit of a hassle, uh, QuickBooks is we have QuickBooks Enterprise. I can't get away. We're too complicated for um, QuickBooks Online. So I didn't need to use log me in for the home workers to log into the network and get on QuickBooks Enterprise. So we haven't really solved that yet. I'm sure NetSuite or something could solve that right. problem. So that's the one big one was like, just, it's, I'm a fan of Office 365. Some people use Google. There's a there's NetSuite. There's other other technology out there, but just rip that bandaid off and, and get it done um, and, and take advantage of the lull. Don't wait till you're on fire and everything's going crazy. <laughs> but if with the second there's a lull, have that, okay, now's when we need to switch to get off of exchange and get over to 365 in the cloud. So that, that, that would be my first. Well, part of what I'm hearing too, I mean, it started with, you're kind of having your ear to the ground from that, you know, from that, uh, that new story you heard um, or interview with Zuckerberg back in 2012 is like, it was, first of all, that's the one key thing as an entrepreneur is having your ear to the ground is where is the puck going on the ice? You know, how do I, so constantly having your ear to the ground of where are things moving and that resonated with you, right? As far as mobile. And it's just, I've got to go in this, you know, in this direction. And I think that's a key attribute of an entrepreneur is you got to be listening. Where's the puck going on the ice so you can get ahead of the curve um, so that when challenges do happen, you know, people hear me, I always quote Jim Collins a ton. I'm, I'm knee deep in a bunch of Jim Collins stuff right now. And, you know, in, in his book, um, I think great by choice, he talks about the concept of luck. And he says, when we looked and studied all the companies that were successful, it, it, every company had the same amount of good or bad luck. It was just ones that were prepared, got a higher return on that luck or more detriment because of that luck. Um, and so, you know, COVID is a bad luck scenario, if you will, that came, but because you had already been moving in that direction, you were able to kind of even take advantage and be positioned, you know, for it when it kind of came. Um, that's great. I mean, so I mean, Zoom, Office 365, um, any other specific technology tools that you guys are, are integrating that's been a part of that ecosystem for you that's really helped moving digital? So the, the, with, with that frame, I'm going to answer a question, but yeah. the one more framework is yeah. and that for me that was transformational. Don't look at like, let's say a digital health record system or a HR system or um, or Zoom or Teams or whatever. Don't just think of it as just software, but really it's how does a company communicate? And, and that's where in the old days, let's say, there's a lot of email, like it was all email. And so uh, I would say, if you look at it from the most impact that technology's had affecting our communication, I would say Teams is probably the, the, um, the one that did the, the most. It started with Basecamp, um, because I, I went into Teams X, we hadn't really migrated to Office 365, but now that I'm in Teams and think everything I do is basically HIPAA, needs to be HIPAA compliant. Right. So Teams was a little bit, I'm sorry, uh, Basecamp was a little bit limited because we weren't allowed to share customer information. So once I got into Teams, now it's in the ecosystem, you know, it, it's, it's integrated with SharePoint and the calendars and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, our lives just got really easier. And, and now it's like, how do we wean everybody off of email? <laughs> you know, like, <Right>. Stop <laughs> using email for internal comm. Um, and so that, that's the one I would say made the most difference is Teams. Gotcha. Or w- w- the equivalent of uh, just get one of those type of platforms that, that has documents, conversations, and you can wean yourself off of email. So fine, if, if you can, to the extent, you know, Teams, I think I've been hearing a lot more about is it's done a good job of consolidating into one platform. So you don't have this Frankenstein amalgam of 19 different tech platforms where you kind of consolidate together. And the other thing I think you shared, though, and I completely agree, is, is ultimately ask the questions, how do we communicate? Before you touch a single tech tool or resource, 
really how do we communicate, kind of study the communication patterns within your organization, then overlay the technology that's going to be a best fit with what your needs are. Correct. Gotcha. Yes. Awesome. Our Great digital share. health records, you know, our digital health record system is another line of communication, not the corporate level, HR, finance, all that, but from the person out there doing the work to their supervisor and to the clinician that's kind of overseeing it. Yeah. That, that digital health records platform is a communication platform. So I would say if, if anybody's in a field where you need that proprietary kind of different thing that teams won't work, look at it as a communication tool first before you purchase the software, right? Because uh, it comes down to features and all of that. It's, it's, if you're using it for comm, that is one of the most important. Gotcha. And I would encourage anybody. I mean, Chip is a guru and he does a lot of speak on this as well. A lot of domain expertise. If you're in a, in a space that has sensitive information, whether it's health or financial, um, he's done a lot of work in this space. Um, and we'll share all his contact info. It'll be in the show notes as well. You can kind of reach out direct. I know he's always happy to, to answer questions where that's concerned. Awesome. Yep. Well, that was packed with a lot of, lot of great stuff. This episode is sponsored by Outsource Access, the choice for entrepreneurs, small business, and busy professionals for highly talented and affordable virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Visit outsourceaccess.com slash learn to learn more and use code automate to get $100 off their signature and risk-free assessment process. Um, all right, well, let's jump to the second. What's the second big challenge? Jump to the second one. Okay, we're going to stay on the same Beam? basic problem is back <laughs> office administrative non-productive stuff. And, and what I learned, and, and this, I, I got to admit, um, I'm one of your raving fans. Um, I, for, for some background, I, like most many entrepreneurs, have read Tim Ferriss's book, For Our Work Week. And I right. was like, holy crap, that's awesome. And it, meaning the delegation part of it. And I looked into it and I asked other entrepreneurs and I just couldn't get myself over the hump. And then I would go to an EO conference. I'd see Jack Daly standing up there and he'd yell at us because he's always yelling at you. And he would say, if you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. And so I lived with that guilt for five or seven years or whatever, because I couldn't figure it out. And I, and I knew I needed to. Um, and then the, you wipe the, the spit off thing. your face from Jack. Yes. Yeah, so you had you, to wipe you get the, the yeah. Shamu front splash, splash right. aisle in the front of a Jack Daly event. Yes. But I need it. Some entrepreneur, we need somebody yelling at us like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> do this, do it now, knock off the excuses. And, and I'm embarrassed to say I didn't do it. Um, and, and really the holdup I had was um, that we, we obviously in my field, I care about people, right? And so although I loved the idea of, of, of getting, um, let's just call it labor from, you know, in, in, in his book, he did um, India, right? but um, right. obviously there's worldwide labor pool but I couldn't figure out a way to do it where I felt like the, the people would be taken care of and it was a real job and it could be really part of my team. And so, um, so I know, I know this isn't an OA commercial, but when I met you, I, I, you're an EO member, you're in Atlanta. I was like, okay, this is it. Now I know somebody, I trust them. I can use workers from the Philippines, which, you know, a lot of places in the world have awesome workers. The Philippine workers matched my organization's culture. Uh, the language and everything. And so, um, so I, I tested out getting a VA for myself because my company was very reluctant. They, they do not like the idea of offshoring and we're taking sure. away American jobs, all the normal stuff. And I was like, I, so I was like, screw it. I'm doing it myself with my own money and my own companies that are separate in my big company. And then I started using her, her name's Kathleen and she's amazing. I started using her to help some of my other employees. Um, that's when they were like, 
I want a Kathleen. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she's awesome. Like that, I, I gave her a task and it was done in like 10 minutes. Like, uh, and she, she just runs circles around, around them. So, um, so what the, so that, that's my next big epiphany. And, and what, what happened with just me getting my own VA and kind of testing it as proof of concept, then I was like, okay, this is, this is perfect because Medicaid doesn't pay me much. And so, um, this isn't about SSVA being profitable and making money and growing and all that. This was about, I want to pay my direct support worker, the person out there working with the person with the disability right now, like the average wage in the States, like $11 an hour. It's pathetic. It should be 15 or 20. These people are heroes. They're making difference in people's lives and disabilities, but our government, federal and state doesn't value the work that they're doing. And I was looking at this. If I can get this tedious, time-consuming, non-productive back office work done at the most affordable price, then that frees up money that I can then give to the worker that's out there making a difference in somebody's life with a disability. But I didn't want it to be the person doing it isn't living a good life either, right? right. And so what, what, what you helped me do was thread that needle to say, I want the people doing the work to have a fair wage in their community. They can live a good life. They can provide for their family and have a job and an employer that treats them with dignity and respect. Meanwhile, reducing my back office admin so I can make a change in people's lives with disabilities. So how did that manifest itself? I ended up, uh, I took my head of HR and I got them a VA to back them up, right? We're talking HR reports and tracking and all of that. My trainer has a VA that backs her up. It's a completely, kind of, I do almost do it by database. So QuickBooks, I've got a finance VA that's got a, a degree in finance and she's helping uh, the, the controller and knocking out all of that type of stuff. We've got the HR database, so doing all the HR stuff. We've got my training database because we use Moodle, which is a learning management system. And so we have a VA dedicated to back up that team. And then uh, we've got a clinician um, person that backs up my clinical team, which is a whole digital health record system looking at customer stuff. And then um, my next is probably, I'm probably going to, recruitment is one of our biggest problems. And so we're in the middle of trying to hire a re recruiter and I'll probably immediately back them up with a recruitment VA that can then help them track employees. So I would say, you know, we're a pretty big outfit with a couple hundred employees. So it's not everybody's yeah. got that much back office admin, but basically I'm taking every little silo in the company and I'm taking that person where I want their mind solving problems or, or making relationships or developing systems and processes and then have them, uh, uh, I used a good word earlier. I can't remember, but it was like having them supported by a VA that once they got the process done, they can pass it off to the VA and they can work on the next process. And so, yeah. so that would be the big epiphany that I've had over, um, I guess it's been a year and a half. And believe it or not, I got, this is on my desk. I know for those of you who can't see it, this is the medal I got from Expedition Africa on Rodrigues Island in 2019. And I have this on my desk because this was like the best day of my life crossing the finish line <laughs> with a team of four people. And I remember that I, I, my, I first got Kathleen. I was like, I'm going to Africa. I need a VA because I'm going to be out of the country for like a month <laughs> and, and stuff's got to not grind to a halt. And so I keep that on my desk, but, um, but that, um, so she's backed me up um, personally on everything. And then the other VAs are dedicated to each people on my team. So that was a long answer to a short question, I think. But. Well, no, man, but it's great. I mean, for people, what you just shared was a journey that a lot of people, don't, don't know where to start, you know, and like you said, it's something, right. and there's a lot of people, it's a common theme out there when it comes to outsourcing and VAs and, you know, I mean, whether you use a firm like ours or, or otherwise, you know, it's independent of that. It's just a mindset shift, you know, and, and a lot of people have read the Tim Ferriss for our work week, but it was, how do I make that ultimate you know, shift and the crawl, walk, run mentality? It's like, well, let me do it myself and build confidence. Cause you're right. 
you know, a lot of times that you know, team members, you know, they shoot it down either because they're concerned it could potentially, you know, compromise their job, right? Or they don't have confidence in it, or they had a friend at another company that did it and it was a bad experience. People have all these preconceived components in their head. Um, so right. what, what I'm hearing back from you is, is you finally made the plunge. You kind of did it personally for yourself to kind of understand it, to prove it to yourself, to establish that confidence, right? And then your team saw it around you. And I've heard that story. Actually, another good colleague of mine, same thing, right? He was in an industry that had a you know a little bit of an older kind of workforce and uh, started that process. They were all, no, this isn't going to work. You know, and fast forward 12 months, all of a sudden they're all asking for one, right? It's like, oh, this works. And once they establish how it works, it can completely shift the you know, approach. And it's about elevating those people because if, you know, if you've got an employee who's a good strategic thinker and adds value and is a good culture fit, you don't ever want to lose those. Those are hard to find, right? You just Absolutely. want to take those people and elevate them to their highest return on time. And, and the other you know, benefit, like you've seen, is from a culture standpoint, when they can wake up every day and do the stuff they love doing, right? It's amazing. Their, their job satisfaction goes up and therefore they produce a better you know, ultimate um, service for, you know, for clients. So it's interesting these additional compound effects that it can have. When you audit your team, get them elevated to their highest return on time, um, and then the kind of ripple effect it can you know can have through. So, now it could be a retention tool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, let's oh, say yeah. I'm the head of training in a company. I've got my own VA that's backing me up, even though that other company's offering me an extra dollar an hour. But do I have my own VA <laughs> like, that I can then outsource forty <laughs> hours of work to that I don't want to do that that's tedious or whatever? And and so. Um, I think it's a retention tool as well. I mean, I know, oh, I, know if I, I know if I start taking away VAs, they would lose their minds and quit. <laughs> <laughs> now, once you uh, get a taste of the of the drug, if you will, it's um, you know, but because it's yeah. just truly, just like you've experienced, and why I'm so passionate about this and this whole industry is it changed my entire life. Like, especially going to something like COVID, it's like having this magic toolbox. And once you really mentally embrace this world, how to leverage it, how to appropriate, um, properly engage it. I mean, you feel invincible. There's not a problem or a crisis you can't get through if you know how to kind of you know, leverage these resources. So that's Absolutely. awesome. And, and ultimately allowing you to do personally what your passions are uh, as well. I think I, I think I remember actually you were uh, doing that project. We had a, an EO event going on in Charleston. I remember that was the first one of the projects with Kathleen. Like you had to get like every single restaurant in Charleston, you need to find out like who, which one had rooms that could meet for, for my EO events. And like she put together a whole spreadsheet. She data scraped all the restaurants and put together a whole spreadsheet and the images and photos of every restaurant that could have meeting spaces. <laughs> I remember actually showing. It's amazing. Like it, I love volunteering now. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'll do that. And I'm like, hey, Kathleen, I need your help. Uh, I'd be able to make you the best volunteer ever. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, like the meeting minutes, I, I volunteered on one of the adventure racing things. And I was like, oh, I'll be the secretary. No problem. <laughs> I recorded it on Zoom. Check out Kathleen. She comes up with this beautiful document that's better than I would have ever done. And, and uh, so, yeah, all of my, and we're going to get into this in a second on my third challenge, but um, all well, let's of jump into my, it. okay. Yeah. Let's do that. And then I'll, I'll talk more about yeah, it. Yeah. It sounds like to, uh, okay. it's awesome. Those are two fantastic ones and some great specific yeah. takeaways. So what's the, what's the third to close this okay. out here? So this, this is one, this would be much more applicable to new entrepreneurs. Okay. okay. Cause I, obviously the big company is 200 employees. I've already got all this admin and, and infrastructure. And so I, I was, a lot off the treadmill before I even started doing VAs or technology. Um, okay, so so COVID hits and I see an opportunity. The adventure racing world, like any other athletic sport, tends to be a mass start, right? Whether you do a marathon or a, a big bike race or whatever, um, governments just won't do permits anymore. So all big sports got shut down immediately. Yeah. You know, what, Boston Marathon, like, nope, sorry, you know, we're postponing and everything. Um, and that happened to adventure racing. Just, it went from 
March 20th or whenever everything got shut down and went to zero. And I like adventure racing. I, I didn't want it to end. It's an outdoor sport. And so I, but I saw an opportunity and I was like, you know what? I've been adventure racing a long time. I know how to do this. I know a lot of the adventure race directors. And so I could ask them questions and I decided, you know what? I think I got an idea. I think I can create a virtual adventure racing company that provides a almost the identical experience um, to adventure racers uh, minus the hundred person start, right? It's, right. it's, it's a, a virtual race. It's not like go into your backyard, run around for five miles. I didn't want to do that type of thing. I wanted it to be, I'm putting the course together. You're going to get checkpoints just like you did. You're, you're following the bike path. I wanted you to follow. You're crossing the river and paddling or whatever. So I'm developing this amazing experience, but you can do it over a four month period of time. Just pick whatever weekend, pick your teammates, go do it. Right. So I'm going to send you the maps. Uh, everything's virtual. But obviously starting a whole new company on top of the other handful of companies is like, okay, how much time do I really have? But, and I would not have done this if I hadn't had Kathleen. So I launched the company, which I think everybody should do. When you launch your company, think, how do I launch this without me being doing anything? My job is to create the system and process, not do it. The right. coach doesn't also sub for the defense and the offense and the quarterback. The coach is supposed to be on the sidelines that tell everybody what to do. So I started the company with that in mind. The only thing I'm allowed to do is the stuff that I am uniquely talented for and want to do, which is run around the woods and design courses that are going to provide an amazing experience for racers. I don't want to deal with the registrations. I don't want to be printing maps. I don't want to mail maps. I don't like, I just all that beginning and ending back office stuff automated from the beginning. And so basically I set up the process and then um, slowly but surely trained Kathleen on how to do it. So, you know, race your register. She says, thanks for your registration. And we put your maps in the mail. I got a guy here locally, he drops the maps in the mail. She says, hey, your maps are there. They'll be there in three days. Let me know if you have any questions. And it's like, the only thing I'm doing is answering complicated questions that, that are outside the norm. Yeah. And then I'm designing races. But I, what I love is I get these emails and they say, oh, we just did your, your Williams Burr race. It was so much fun. The family enjoyed it. We had a blast. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. There's the impact again that we're making in people's lives. Um, so but entrepreneurs it, it, don't wake up every day wanting to do detailed process? Yeah. I, yeah. Funny Tedious thing. paperwork and, and tracking and uh, expenses and income and all that. No, no. But uh, so it, it's, it's, but, but, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, it's two different things to take an existing company and start automating and delegating and, and, but starting it from scratch, knowing that has been an amazing experience. I'm like, this is so cool. Like I'm starting a company and it doesn't suck. Like right. usually it's like, <laughs> I hate my life. I'm on the treadmill. I'm the sales guy. And I'm also doing payroll and I, I can't spend any time with my wife. I can't go on vacation. I can't leave the area. And what about the dog? And and I was like, nope, not doing it. Uh, full-time vagabond means I, there's no ties. There's no food in my fridge. It's like fight club, man. When this warehouse blows up, there's going to be expired condiments everywhere. Um, and so I, it's taken me 10 years or so, but I, I went from that, that guy with a yard and, and over to a, a homeless person who's, who's living out of a cargo van, you know, 120 days a year trying to be full-time. Um, but I couldn't do it without without the, both the tech and then also um, the VA support because Medicaid does not pay us enough to have uh, the back office up to standard. I mean, it's, the, the unfunded mandates they throw at us are just every day it's more and more and more and more. And none of my competitors are doing it. So it's, it gives me an absurd advantage um, and allowed me to start this new company. 
I love you share that. That's it's it's another element. It's a, it's an unfair competitive advantage, right? It's almost it's a it's an arbitrage situation that people just don't know about. And and uh, and uh, there's other industries that when I was mentioning before, the guy that's in the you know in a in a commercial uh, HVAC repair business industry, nobody would think ever that that would have any you know have VAs in the Philippines doing things. Um, he's got like twelve to fifteen, and and he is growing faster than everyone in his peers because he's doing things differently on the backside. So. Um, no, but I love this story as far as launching a brand new business. I mean, that's exactly going back to that magic toolbox, right? You had that magic toolbox that you knew kind of, all right, I got the right mindset in there. I got the right tech tools, knowing a VA, and you can bring a business to life, you know, from zero to, you know, life in a couple of weeks for, you know, a fraction of the cost, um, you know, and getting it, you know, getting it running. And that's part of the totally. value of like a situation like a COVID and otherwise is that, you know, doing that, the confidence it built in you going forward, you know, do it again, you know, do it again. Um, bring something to Absolutely. life that you wouldn't have you know, even considered before. And it reduces those barriers. You know, I share a lot of times it's about taking time, money, and knowledge off the table, right? They know right. they're off the table as a constraint point. It's like, well, I don't have enough time to do it. I don't have money to do it, or I don't have the knowledge to do it, right? I'm sure you don't have any deep knowledge about ticketing systems, right? And you certainly didn't have the time on top of everything else. Um, right. I mean, from a financial standpoint, you know, didn't have, it didn't have a ton of financial risk to kind of bring that, you know, bring that to life. Um, right. And there's a thing called Parkinson's law that basically um, time expands until the deadline. So if I told you I need this report on my desk by Friday, you will have it by Friday. It's going to take until Friday to do it. I've expanded Parkinson's law to pretty much everything. Basically, all the world's creatures will consume all available resources until an outside force limits that consumption. Um, admins breed like rabbits. You know, it, it, the entrepreneurs will always be busy. We, we will right. never be bored. There's always something, some book, something I want to do, some new hobby, some travel. And so take busy off the table. The question is, what percentage of your time are you doing something you don't like doing? Because you're, all, you're always going to be busy. I want right. to be riding my mountain bike. I want to be designing courses for adventure racers. I want to be living out of a van down by the river full time. So every single time I've got to go by the office or I've got to do that, that report or something that I hate, wasting my time. I don't like it. I'm trying to figure out how can I get this automated or delegated. Um, but I think that's the, um, every entrepreneur always say I'm busy. And, and so I'm like, that, that shouldn't, that no shit, Cheryl. <laughs> I mean, it's like, right. that's just that's <laughs> us. Get over that. What, what percentage are we doing that we enjoy? And, and I think that that's the standard at which I try to hold myself is I, 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 I want to be busy doing stuff I love. No, I mean, it's contentment. I mean, ultimately from a happiness factor standpoint, it's like, you know, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, your employees, you want the same thing for them, right? What percentage of time Absolutely. can they be spending every single day when their feet hit the ground every day and come work for Support Services Virginia? They know, yep. oh, I get to do the part I like doing. I get to interface with patients. I get to interface with their staff. I get to think about new ideas and strategy. I don't have to go do TPS reports, you know, because <laughs> somebody else is doing Absolutely. the TPS reports that's good at it and that's a good use of their, you know, their skill set. Um, so you're getting to hit the ground every day doing what you're passionate about. So that's fantastic. That's a great full circle set of experiences and uh, really appreciate the thoughtful effort you put into crafting those responses. I think you touched on no matter who's listening to this, whether it's a startup or a mature business, um, they can all kind of take things from that, from that set of series. Fantastic, man. Well, let's close out with, um, you know, I always ask our, our, uh, our guests to share. I and mean, there's tons of different elements that make a successful entrepreneur, you know, kind of ultimately, but everybody has a unique perspective that, look, if you could only take one skill set that you could give someone to be a successful entrepreneur as a starting point, um, you know, what would be that, that one thing that, that you would say? 
obviously from what we've talked about, I'm a little different than your average person. Um, <laughs> and so you're going to get a, hopefully a unique response. Ultimately be a vagabond. To, well, I, I don't think everybody should be a vagabond. <laughs> Living out of a van is, is it's, it, it is what I want. I do not recommend it for anybody. Most people like a house and kids and all the stuff that I don't have. Um, okay. So th- th- this would be the one, no matter who you are, I think you should start with. And, and, well, let me back up. What's traditionally taught to entrepreneurs is like, you got to grow and you got to make profit. You got to make money, which usually in, in ends up manifesting itself into stuff like nice cars, nice houses, big houses, big boats, all that stuff. Right. And what I realized that path is holding me back from what I love. Right. So my one characteristic for an entrepreneur or even just a business leader, because I'm sure you have people that are listening that are not entrepreneurs is clearly define what success looks like, meaning your lifestyle. You're, from the time I wish somebody told me in high school or college, what lifestyle do you want to live? And let's back your way into a job that you love that li- allows that lifestyle to be possible. So my lifestyle, I want to be out in the woods running around the mountains. I, Manhattan would make me want to kill myself. Some people <laughs> love that city life. So if you want to work in a city, Great. Be a doctor or a finance person or whatever tech tech, all tech companies, right. Are based out of big cities, right. Austin or wherever. Um, and so first to find what is the lifestyle that you want? Do you, do you want the house? Do you want to be in the suburbs or whatever? Do you want to be in Virginia? Or do you want to be in California or Florida or Maine? It's like, or a different country should go to Sweden, you know, what define that first and then create the business or the, the, the uh, create a, a means of making income that allows you to put yourself into that situation. Um, so it's really, it's, 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 what are you talented at, right? You should do that. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't get yourself into a job that you don't look, you don't have a skill set you don't like doing. Um, but then, but then where do you want to do it? Who do you want to do it with? Um, all of those questions about happiness, which we just talked about. Um, and once that's clearly defined, it makes business decisions 10 times easier. Um, you know, should I get another dog or not? Well, I want to live out of a van down by the river. An extra dog is a bad idea, right? Plants are a bad idea. Grass is a bad idea that I have to mow. <laughs> uh, a boat is a bad idea because now I got to go maintain the boat. So um, if I would have known that, I would have um, saved a ton of money and a ton of wasted years doing stuff I didn't like doing. So gotcha. that's a long answer. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a, you're starting with the end in mind, right? It's like, where, you where's your destination? I think there's a quote, I can't remember exactly. I want to look it up. It's, it's you know, the definition of misery is not knowing what makes you happy in pursuit, trying to pursue it your entire life, right? This vague concept of like what truly makes me happy and content, you know, as an individual. And you, you, you get on the same treadmill, you see all your peers doing, and you feel like, oh, this should take me to happiness, but don't really have a conversation with yourself. So what is your real happiness? We we actually had a, we did a retreat with my forum out to Colorado with a uh, Finney and Kelly, who's a former president for you Colorado. You would have loved this. We did backcountry um, skinning with uh, Chris Davenport. Um, right. It was just phenomenal. But Finn launched a whole business called the intentionality compass. And we had actually had three hours of homework before we went on this retreat. And it was just really, I mean, we're all, you know, our early forties, you know, fifties, you know, pretty low, you know, not a spring chicken. We've had some time to think about that, but just even right. re-indexing now where I am at 41 with a, you know, five-year-old, 18 month old, you know, what, is my purpose and what kind of drives happiness for me. And it kind of shifts. So I think it's good to, to start with the end in mind and, and know where your destination is and have a conversation with yourself to get some clarity around it. 
and then kind of back up your approach to entrepreneurship or if entrepreneurship isn't the path for you, you know, and it, you may find in that journey that that, that isn't what, what you want to do and what, what the, is your, your path ahead. So. So also I'd say clearly define happiness on a couple different levels. What's what, what does happiness look like day to day? What your morning routine, what time is dinner? What do I do on the weekends? Like that, there's a level of happiness that's just in routine. Um, so I definitely would say define what that looks like, but also like with my expedition Africa experience, define where you feel most alive. Where, where is that? Like those impactful, when I crossed the finish line of expedition Africa, it was the hardest, most crazy goal I'd ever put on the calendar. I was in tears, like just, and, and to this day, it gives me chills. And I'm like, wow, I, it doesn't matter if, Ooh, I got a PPP loan. I didn't get that feeling, even though the government just dropped a bunch of money into my checking account. When I did an acquisition and, and saved a bunch of jobs, I liked it. It was fun, but I didn't feel alive. And I realized I want to keep hitting that button. How do I feel alive? So I, I would highly suggest look at your happiness in your routine but where do you have that amazing, like, holy crap, I want to do that again, which usually requires a big goal. There's got to be an element of risk. You've got to be doing it with others. It's usually not a solo thing. And it's got to be something that you and your friends are passionate about. Um, and, and so put a big burly goal in the calendar that you're not likely to make it and then just go for it. And, and even if you don't make it, you're, you're at least closer. Um, so that'd be the, the second part of that. Um, It'll be in your future. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, another exercise Finn had us do that reminds me of that is, is he had to everybody sit down and write in extreme detail, what is your perfect day look like, you know, and it could be at any point in time, it could be tomorrow, it could be five years, 20 years from now, and each of us read it together as well, what was our perfect day look like, and just the level of detail, I'm really thinking and having to think through that and put it on paper, um, you know, advances that whole thinking as well, so. Well, awesome, Absolutely. man. Well, thank you so much. A lot of great, great takeaways and sharing the journey uh, through your whole process is, uh, I think, a, a lot of lot can be learned and um, others that may be in a similar place, uh, whether they're trying to refine an existing operation and, and get it in place or, or want to launch a new idea. Um, you, know, you kind of share both of those those paths. Uh, where can everybody follow the the van and its next adventure? Yeah. Anybody wants to kind of keep up with you from uh, speaking or kind of the adventure races and stuff you're doing? Um, where can yeah. they find you? Sure. So we'll start off with SSV, I'm sorry, Support Services of Virginia. This is the company that supports people with disabilities. You can find us at www.ssvainc.org. And Did you still uh, you just say www. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. So <laughs> and it's, it'll work either way. You don't need that. So ssvainc.org. Um, if you're interested in adventure and finding your passion in the outdoors, it's disabilityadventures.com. So it's a play on words with it's not disability. Because in, in the world of disabilities, we focus on what people can do, not on what they can't. So we call the company This Ability so we can focus on what they can't, right? So it's thisabilityadventures.com. You can also find us on Disability Racing on YouTube and Facebook. And we put out tons of content um, because we, right. we, we want people to be inspired to go outside and do stuff. And so we take multiple GoPros from multiple angles. I kick it over to Kathleen and she's amazing at producing videos. And so we have a ton of just adventure videos, whether it be pack rafting or mountain biking or rock climbing, just anything at REI, we're doing it. <laughs> and, and, and she puts together some really good videos with some music from local artists in Virginia. So if you're instead of Netflix, head over to our YouTube channel and watch some stuff. We just crossed Florida for 72 hours and we, we have a four part series of videos going through that experience. So just two weeks ago or something. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. 
And for those that can't, they can go live vicariously. Uh, there you go. Watching the, the videos. So well, appreciate it, man. Always great. Great having you. Um, you know, rounding out a bunch of great examples on uh, automate and delegate, you know, what you should not be doing and pursuing and fast tracking you know, as personal relationships and, and business and, and your personal life uh, as well. Got a lot of great examples. So Chip Dodd again and, with us. Appreciate it, sir. And Brad, we'll please keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're changing lives. You may not know it, but you're changing <laughs> lives for the better by doing your podcast and doing your company. So I appreciate it. You, you have made my life possible. So thank you so much for that. Very kind, sir. My pleasure. Take care, everybody. This episode is sponsored by Outsource Access, the choice for entrepreneurs, small business, and busy professionals for highly talented and affordable virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Visit outsourceaccess.com learn to learn more and use code automate to get $100 off their signature and risk-free assessment process.